I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Talk About Brand. I, of course, am your host, Christine Gritman. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether you are joining us on the Adweek Podcast Network or if you're joining us right here on YouTube. Wherever you're joining us, make sure to hit subscribe, and I will make sure to do my utmost in the next half hour to make sure that you know that that was an excellent decision. I'm here every single week talking about branding, of course. Uh, I'm interviewing smart guest experts about different elements that impact branding, especially personal branding. And today, you are in luck, friends. Today, I have a guest who is the self-described smartest man in the world, which is a pretty impressive title, if you ask me. Pretty confident personal branding there. But I think that regardless of your feelings on that claim, I don't think anyone could dispute that he is certainly one of the internet's most creative men, for sure. He is the CMO and creative director of the Idea Integration Company, and he is personally an expert on word-of-mouth marketing. So without any further ado, let's bring him on. Welcome, Saul Colt! So good to have you here, and I had to wear my red glasses, of course, um, even though I know that's, that's your jam, but... I don't think anyone's gonna gonna mistake us for each other, so I think I think we're all good. <laughs> well, we have similar features, but uh... and we like red curtains. All good. <laughs> now we yeah. actually first met at Inbound 2018, I believe. You interviewed me outside the uh, convention center, and ever since then, I I have just. One of the things that really stood out to me is I love your logo, your personal logo for your personal brand, which is basically the red glasses and your facial hair and your hair. And I think that that's just the epitome of simplicity and design because you know immediately who it is with the fewest possible elements. That's a, that's a solid brand you got there, Saul. <laughs> well, thank you. It's been, it's been through many different, um, we'll call it versions over the last 20 years. Um, but you know, I, it, it's so important to, to have a very, very recognizable brand, especially now more than ever, you know, we're not working in offices anymore. It, you know, it sort of feels like the the loudest voice wins, whether they're they're right or not. And especially when it comes from if you're working in a big company, if you you know you've been lucky enough not to have been laid off over the last few months, yeah. um, you know, when when you're not in the office, it, it is so important to one talk about yourself and 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 make sure people know you're still around and and what you're up to. But it's also so important to to be memorable and and because like forgettable is like career suicide now absolutely and i definitely want to dive in later to the fact that you have such a strong personal brand but you also run an mm -hmm. agency but first and foremost we're going to talk about the thing that you 
have embraced the most, it seems, as part of your personal brand besides the red glasses, which is word of mouth marketing. And that's so interesting. I feel like I don't hear people saying that term enough because, I mean, when you think about it, before we had marketing, that's what we had. We had word of mouth. That's kind of all you had. Now, of course, we have a million things. We have social media. We have web advertisements. We have out of home. We have mobile messaging. We have all sorts of different ways to get the word out. So I would love to hear from you. What do you feel is the place of word of mouth in today's marketing scene? Well, it's it's still one of the most valuable tools that a brand can employ. the The problem is that it's not um, it's not sexy like growth hacking or or some of these you know new terms and new platforms. But you know, there, there's been hundreds of studies over the last decade that shows that the the number one way to well, not number one, but uh, you know, if if I get a referral from someone I know, like, and trust, KLT. Uh, there's a, a 75% chance that I'll actually follow through. So you and I know each other. We're not best friends, but, you know, we know each other a little bit. If I were to, if you were to say to me, Saul, you travel a lot. Um, I'm going to Chicago next weekend. Do you know any good restaurants? And I gave you two or three restaurants. It's a pretty good chance you'll, at, at the very least, look them up and decide if they're for you. If um, someone who just walked up to you and you didn't know, you had no relation with them, and they just overheard the conversation and you said, oh, you have to try this restaurant, maybe you do it, maybe you don't. Um, it's very similar with online reviews and a lot of things. If you don't trust the person, you don't know the person, like when you think of celebrities, we know celebrities. We probably don't trust them because we know they're getting paid to do it. And, you know, maybe we like them or we don't like them, but the 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 greatest thing is still getting a true referral from someone you know, you like, and trust. And brands have sort of forgotten that and, and dropped it to, to a lower priority. But, you know, like, the, again, so many studies show that, that um, you know, uh, uh, what is the name of the company? I'll remember after. But a huge consulting firm proved that um, 62% of all um, referrals come from someone that, you like they come in the real world. So the place that real referrals and real sales are happening are in the line at the grocery store. They're at your kids' soccer games. You know, the internet and social media actually converts very poorly when it comes to referrals um, as opposed to something in the real world. So something we've done uh, uh, for the last decade is not only institute programs to create these conversations, but we create stunts and spectacles to get people talking. And, you know, like our, our goal with every project is to get someone to turn to someone else and say, you'll never believe what I saw today. And then they talk about, you know, this brand did this or this brand did that. So instead of a lot of brands who start the conversation online, we do things that get the conversation started by real people and people who care about your brand. And then we use all the social media tactics and, and digital marketing tactics to spread the message. But we're never the one that actually starts it ourselves. We start uh, a lot of things in the real world because the real world is still the most powerful place for, for branding and, and conversations. And you used my favorite 
three words. No, like, trust. I keep threatening. I keep telling Bob Berg that I'm going to get those words tattooed on my body. He advised me against it. It's going to happen one of these days. <laughs> it's amazing how few people even know the term mm -hmm. and believe in it. But it's, it's the basis of everything. And what I love about what you said is that it really shows that, just like I said, word of mouth marketing happened before marketing marketing. Word of mouth marketing mm -hmm. happened before the concept of influencer marketing became such an overinflated buzzword. So I would mm -hmm. love to dive in a little bit more as to the difference between word of mouth marketing and influencer marketing, because it definitely sounds like there is one. Yeah, so th there's definitely a place in in marketing for influencers. I, I'm a fan of of influence mark influencer marketing, but I feel like a lot of companies do it wrong. Um, everybody's so focused on numbers. We want the person with a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand or a million followers. When what people should really be looking for is that person who has a very engaged community that is is very similar to your customer base or your community that you're trying to to hunt. So the difference between word of mouth is word of mouth is, you know, a trusted uh, referral from a friend or a trusted recommendation. And influencer marketing is really kind of, um, we'll call it sexy spamming that, you know, maybe I coined a, a new term, <laughs> who knows. Um, but it's it's people who have an audience but they're not necessarily a targeted audience. And when you talk about know, like, and trust, I'm going to trust and know and like my best friend. But if Kim Kardashian or whatever influencer, celebrity influencer, or, or mommy blogger, or, you know, any tennis influencer, whatever that person is, um, you know that one, they're getting paid for it. So they probably can't trust them fully. And you know that in 72 hours or or maybe a week later they're going to be promoting something else because that's just the sort of the the wheel that they're on and it, you know no shame to them they figured out how to make a living by being popular good for them that's that's actually really impressive but from a a brand standpoint i'd rather find the person with 900 i i i believe much stronger in micro influencers than than major influencers if i could find somebody with 2000 followers and their engagement is just through the roof and those 2000 followers are so into whatever their specialty is whether it be stamp collecting or sewing or whatever um instead of the person with 100,000 followers who are just scattered all different you know likes and dislikes and, and hobbies and things, you're probably going to get around the same engagement um, from the person with the smaller numbers, but the highly targeted numbers. And, and, you know, it's, it's shiny and sexy to have, you know, a recognizable person, but there's so many great micro influencers that one will cost you a lot less, probably deliver the same results and they'll become super loyal to you. Um, so they probably won't just do another ad in a week. And another way of using influencers is make your own influence influencers. So if you find people that really love your product, champion them and use your audience to elevate them. So in turn, they'll elevate you in return. Um, and again, those people are, are going to stay forever because they're probably already really cu real customers. They already really like your product and, um, they're, they're going to speak in, in a very different way than someone who just every 72 hours is holding up a new product and saying, I can't live without this. 
Absolutely. And you already answered part of this next question, which is about creating your own influencers, seeing who's already engaging with your brand, engaging in those relevant spaces and and championing them or really making it that that direction, which is really nice. But what are some other ways to kind of find who has that micro level of trust? Because the thing with a Kim Kardashian or another type of big influencer with a huge number of followers is, yeah, they're more generic, but they're also really easy to find. I mean, just try not to find them. Um, so how mm-hmm. do you find these people who have genuine trust with people who actually know them or feel like they know them, like them, and trust yeah. them? So I just want to circle back to one thing you said. When you talk about and, and I don't want you to feel like I'm picking on Kim Kardashian, I actually think what she's oh, accomplished she's crying is all the way to the bank. It's all good. Yeah. I, she doesn't watch the show. Uh, <laughs> okay, no problem. But someone like her or, you know, these these massive influencers, they don't actually have influence. They have audience. And, you know, so, you know, there's lots of ways to buy audience. If you really want influence, you know, there's, there's you know, it, it takes a lot more work. And unfortunately, a little bit of hard work sometimes deters a lot of people. But, you know, you find the people who are already talking about you. You find the people who are subject matter experts in the thing that you're all about. You know, go to conferences, find out who's speaking on these things, um, you know, piggyback on associations and anywhere that you can actually find, you know, sort of these, these undiscovered gems, you know, however you want to describe them, it does take a little work. And, you know, that's why, you know, there's been a ton of platforms that say they, they bubble up influencers uh, to the top and things. And of course, the the most uh, famous one was clout, which I, I don't believe exists anymore. But the the problem with AI influence or discovering influencers through platforms is that influence needs context. So I'm, you know, I'm extremely influential with, um, you know, women between 35 and 45, but I, th- that's a joke, by the way. Um, but I, I'm not I influential. I mean, you're influential to me yeah. and I'm in that demographic. Yeah. I, I squares yeah. with me. <laughs> Right up. But I'm not influential with construction workers or lawyers or dentists because I, I don't speak that language and I have no area expertise. So, you know, you need the context around influence to make it work, whereas clout would just go by popularity and noise and all these things and say this person's a 90 so they are a hundred percent there there was a time where charlie sheen when charlie sheen was going crazy uh with all that tiger blood and stuff according to clout he was the most influential person in the world but nobody would want him promoting a product or a service during that period of time because it just was unreliable and and you know borderline crazy uh, allegedly so um, I mean, you can look that at what's Alexander. going on with look at what's going on with Kanye West right now. I mean, it's similar. Yeah. Is his name everywhere? If you look by quantity, not quality, if you're just putting it into a machine, you're seeing a bajillion mentions, and it's not really taking the context or the quality of those mentions mm. into account. Exactly. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So to find those 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 stars, whatever we want to call them, uh, I always try to work with uh, you know find people who are already using your product, customers, people who are who you know have a bit of an influence and are talking about it already, and then sort of build from there. And it's it's always about you know talking to people and and having them connect dots and make introductions. You know, one of the things I always do when I'm brought in to any new company is I send a survey out to um, the entire customer base when I'm allowed to. And, you know, I ask pointed questions. Who do you follow? Who do you admire? What events do you go to? What magazines do you read? What blogs do you read? And, you know, we try to create a, a bit of a, a fact sheet around, you know, what these people care about. Because honestly, you know, you know, all it matters or all it should matter to the brand is who's important to my customer base. And a lot of times I get, you know, I, I've been I've been let go of projects and fired from projects because I I, I maybe aren't I, I am not the best at communicating what's in my brain, but you know sometimes I'm I'm fighting with the decision makers saying it doesn't matter what you want or what you like. It's what the end user wants. You're not your customer. You don't live the life of your customer, but everybody wants to, you know, have their fingerprints on it or their stamp or, or there's a cover your ass sort of uh, necessity. But, you know, it, it should only be about the end user and who they care about, who they follow and, and who they admire. And that's how you figure out who you should be spending money with. And that's how you figure out who you want talking about you. One mm. thing that you mentioned earlier before we got on the uh, influencer conversation was the idea of creating these real life events and doing activations that get people talking. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that, because that's something like I feel is an undertapped resource. It probably wouldn't work as well if everyone were doing it. So it's a really interesting mm -hmm. thing to me. And I'm also curious as to how you make sure that the right mouths are going to be in that audience, that people who you want talking about you are going to be the ones who are going to experience this and uh, pass it along to others. Yeah, so uh, I'm a big fan of of events, you know, big or small. Um, you know, everything that's good that that's ever happened in my career has come from being in the right room at the right time and having a great conversation. You know, like um, some early victories in my career was I got uh, the CEO uh, who I was working for at the time a cover uh, story in Entrepreneur Magazine just because, you know, like I was in the room with a bunch of entrepreneur writers and I was charming and and sort of convinced them why they should should go for it and and stuff like that so everything that's ever great that's happened to me um has been 
just in real life. And that's why um, perhaps I'm, I'm a little bit uh, uh, biased and, and really, really believe in, in these, these things. But, you know, it's like every time I, I get on an airplane, I will buy five or six people dinner in whatever city I'm going to. And I'll just reach out to um, either friends I currently have or people I feel like I should already be speaking to. I, I, and it's so important about building a network as far as creating events for, for other people and brands. Um, you know, how do you, how do you uh, ensure that the right people are in the room and the right people are speaking for you and, and to you, you always start with your own customer base. And I think, you know, people for some reason don't, you know, lean on their customers as much as they, they should and, and can. I feel like they're, they're, you know, they're afraid that the, the bond is fragile or, or something like that. But I always start with the customer base. When, when I talked about the, um, the surveys I sent out earlier, um, you know, I'm giving away trade secrets here, but, you know, I, I, I one of the ways I identify people who are uh, super fans are, you know, like um, anyone who fills out the survey probably cares enough about the brand to put them in a super fan category. Anyone who opened the email but didn't fill out the survey is at least curious. So they go in a, a category below and anyone who didn't open the email, um, you know, I'll still try to to reach out and, and meet them. But I'm going to focus my time and energy on the people who care enough about the brand to take 10 minutes to fill out a survey and, and share things. So I, 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 you know, I, if I hit the whole customer base, I put them in three categories and, you know, it's sort of like 70, 20, 10, the, the, the great people get 70% of my attention. The, the, the next group of people gets 20% of my attention and the last group gets 10% of my attention because there's no way of knowing that they're not a super fan just because they didn't open the email or something like that. But yeah, you, know, you just got to keep being like methodical and keep having conversations and keep reach out. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of social listening. It's a lot of, you know, a, a little bit of sleuthing and, and looking at people's websites and LinkedIn profiles. And, and, you know, it, it's, you know, it, it, it can sound creepy, but it's not really. And it, it's really about establishing people. And the other thing is giving them the tools they need to actually talk about a product or giving them the tools they need to talk about whatever it is that, that your goal is. Cause you know, no one is ever going to talk about you if you don't give them something to talk about. And that's why we always start with stunts and spectacles, because that's something people get really excited about and, and talk. But, you know, People love to share and love to talk, but they don't know where to start and they don't have the tools. So it's always about giving them the tools and, and getting them started properly. Speaking of knowing where to start, you have mentioned, you know, these stunts and spectacles and, and activations and stuff. So I'd like to, I, it's kind of a two-parter here. One of them is I'd love to hear examples of some of the stuff that you've done for brands that, that was just an effort to get people talking. And then secondarily, I'd love to hear a little bit about how you have leveraged real life events to move your own personal brand forward in ways that were especially meaningful. But let's start with the brand activations. Let's start with what you've done for them because it's probably a little bit different, right? Yeah, no. So we really pride ourselves on on being non-traditional uh marketing agency and and 
really doing the things that, you know, other people don't have the guts to do or, or, or stuff like that. So, you know, we were the first people to ever use clouds to advertise a, a cloud-based software um, product. We did skywriting uh, in San Francisco to, um, to get attention for zero.com. We did it over top of uh, San Diego, uh, San Diego, San Francisco's uh, baseball stadium during a baseball game, uh, which was nationally televised. So our, our skywriting got on television and made the news. It, you know, it, it will say it broke Instagram for three, four minutes. And it didn't really break it, but we, we were the, you know, the trending topic for, for three, four minutes. You we, were the Kim we Kardashians of the sky. Yes. <laughs> you broke the internet. Um, yeah, you know, like we've done stunts where we've recreated Evil Knievel's jump over school bar school buses, where it was, you know, just just to get people's attention. The school buses were all branded with, um, you know, our client and and promo codes and offers and hashtags and and all sorts of stuff like that. We've done, you know, cross country tours where we've driven from. Um, We've driven from Los Angeles to New York City, having breakfast, lunch, and dinner with every customer along our way and creating, um, you know, I think the, I don't remember the exact number, but I think it was about 50 brand videos for them, where we basically shot brand videos, edited them in our our SUV while we were driving to the next city and delivered like a 24-hour turnaround um, to a bunch of deserving brands that didn't really have like high quality or, or high uh, production value uh, brand videos and explainer videos and, and things like that. So we've done like a number of, of sort of crazy things. We've done a bunch of digital stuff too, but you know, it's like, we really, really love using the real world to create that digital sort of, um, you know, excitement and then, and then go from there. And as far as, uh, you know, using events for myself, you know, I, I talked about the dinners. Um, I've, I've self-financed and, and, uh, done four or five, you know, uh, speaking tours where I'll go to 10 different cities and, and, uh, uh, you know, sort of spread my message and spread my love as, um, as some people would say. Um, but you know, every time I do that, we do dinners, we do all sorts of events, invite all sorts of media. And it's, it's always, uh, you know, a, a big production because it's, like I said, it's so important to, to, to be visible, to be top of mind. You know, I've, I've personally, I, I decided a long time ago that I wanted to be the best in the world at an incredibly narrow skill set. So I want to be the only person you think of when you think of what I need, what I can provide you. So, you know, I don't want to get calls for SEO and I don't want to get calls for pay-per-click marketing and things like that. So to, to keep being irrelevant 14, 15 years into my career, it is all about never shutting off. It is all about being everywhere. It is all about being top of mind. Um, but that's no different than what everybody should be doing with their career. Um, and it's no different than what everybody should be doing with their, their corporate brand. It's, you know, we live in a very noisy time right now and it's, it's noisier than it's ever been. So the way that you stay relevant, the way you break through the noise is to one, do things that no one's ever seen before. And two, do stuff like 
all the time over and over and over because there's no you have no clue who's going to see what and when and even when there's crickets and you don't think anybody's looking at it it's amazing where i'll walk the floor of a conference and someone will say you know i saw your post on this and and it makes you feel good because it got you know like three likes and and one share but you know people are seeing it and maybe it's a little too edgy for them to want to put their name on it or or you know the the humor was a little too uh too much uh for a lot of people but they're still seeing it they're remembering it maybe it gives them a smile so it it you know social media is a very unreliable way to measure um you know success that actually brings me to my final question and the one that is surely on people's minds when they hear word of mouth marketing which is how can you measure the success of something like that so it's it's not as direct as you know having a a click or a button but a lot of the things that i i initiate when i work with people is i ask them to add a how did you hear about us button in a sign up process uh there was a one year when i worked with a company where 62% of all sales were tracked back to stuff we did you know just over and over and over uh through the how did you hear about us um you use promo codes you use unique urls you know it's not that different than anything else but it is a little fuzzier than than usual but you know like when you're talking with people you have to ask them questions and and figure out a thing like i've gotten pretty good at measuring what we do because i want to ask for more business or more money or or whatever but again it's not as as direct as if you have a tracking code or something like that but again, it comes back to that human touch, which you've been saying all mm-hmm. along, which is making sure that you are actually having conversations with people. You're seeing people live. You're asking them yeah. where they heard about things, which is it, it sounds like the absolute key to all of this. Yeah. I don't remember who said it for some reason. I think it's Jay Bear. I know it's not my quote, um, but, you know, he says, you know, when you know, when we talk about personalization, the, the word person is right in there, and we sometimes forget that they're people. And when we talk about customers, the word custom is right in there. It's, it's so interesting that so few people actually take a human approach to this stuff and treat people like they're valuable and, you know, not just a number or a barcode or or, or whatever. And, and it's a shame because the companies that, that do treat um, customers exceptionally are always the ones that win and they're always the ones that stick around for a long time. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Saul. This was fantastic. Let everyone know where they can and should find you and what they'll find there. Sure. So you can find um, me just about anywhere on the internet at Saul Colt, all one word, S-A-U-L-C-O-L-T. Uh, or you can go to our um, uh, my, my agency website, theideaintegration.com, where you'll find, you know, we're, we're experts in word of mouth, stunts, spectacles, branding. We just launched a, a program while well, we're launching it tomorrow, but Depending on when this goes, we'll assume that it's it's launched. So you guys are getting a scoop. But we're, we're just launching a series of um, idea boot camps where we'll actually come into your office, teach you what we know, or 
Um, you know, the, the second version of that is you can give us a problem and our team will come in and, and solve the problem for you. So if you're not um, looking for a full campaign or you're not looking for something, we'll just put our, our completely different style of thinking towards your brand or problem and, and come up with solutions for you. Love that, because, of course, the key to getting people talking is to do something <laughs> different. Well, thank you so much, Saul. It was a pleasure to talk with you again. I look forward to when we cross paths again at some other real life event, which I'm a huge fan of as well. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on the show. And I appreciate all of you who are listening, who are watching. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. I'm coming at you every single week interviewing smart guest experts about particular elements of branding, especially personal branding. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk About Brand, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Christine Gritman, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Christine Gritman. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.